Welcome, it's SV Pod. Welcome back to the big man. Stanford Steve is alongside. How are you, pal? Um, I have a thought. I need to get off my chest right away. All right, good. I got something serious I'm going to start with, too. But uh, you, you, the floor is yours. Begin. No, you go. You go. You do your thing. Uh, you going to save your thought? Yes. Is it funny? I don't know. It's strenuous and uh, deals with children. All right. Well, then let me let me begin with this. Correct. All right. I got you. So I don't want to save this till the end because I, I, I don't always know, like, you know, podcast gets going we get in the weeds late maybe maybe a listeners tap out i want y'all to hear this because it's important to me that we begin with uh a memory and a story of a friend who passed away this weekend that's tom weiskopf i would call him a legendary player he's not in the hall of fame which is kind of odd because he should be he was a 16-time winner won the open championship 1973 a course designer of massive acclaim i mean he's his, his resume says hall of famer had 10 top five finishes to majors outside of um of winning at the open including four runner-ups at augusta uh, oh. he was he was a dude legendary line 86 jack nicholas is in the middle of that incredible charge jim nance his very first masters is in the tower on 16. And he says, Tom Weisskopf, what's going through Jack Nicholas's mind right now? Without missing a beat, Weisskopf said, if I had any idea what Jack Nicholas was thinking, I'd have won this tournament a couple of times. <laughs> and then he proceeded to say, Jack knows this is destiny is in his hands. He's going to hit a great shot. Nicholas stuffs it to a foot. He wins. But Tom's a guy that I was lucky enough to get to know because he called some golf, including with us at the Open Championship, St. Andrews. 2010 must have been the year that he and I were together on the road hole for four days. Now, what I want you all to understand about calling golf at the Open Championship is that you're in this tiny little trailer. And Tom, I'm big. Tom was a big man, six, everybody's six, three, 200 and whatever. And there are these two giant men sitting side by side in a trailer on the road hole at St. Andrews. And we're in there for like, 12 to 14 hours a day and it's it couldn't be more awesome because you're calling golf there's a youtube of me and him when miguel angel jimenez plays the ball off the wall he's up against the road hole wall and he stoinks a wedge off the wall goes up in the air lands on the green that's me and weisskopf so it's great fun but you're in there for hours and over the course of the time, you start to chat a little bit about stuff. And Weisskopf, who is a proud Ohio State Buckeye, had that great kind of distinct, or at least distinct to me, kind of Midwestern accent. At some point, I guess Tom's getting kind of curious about who the hell is this big lummox I'm sitting next to. And Tom says, Scott, are you married? Uh, no, I'm not married, Tom. Hey, yeah, you ever you ever been married? No, no, I haven't actually. Oh. You 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 got a you got a girlfriend or something? Yeah, I do, Tom. Pause. Longer pause. Wheels are turning in his head. Scott, how old a guy are you? 
well, Tom, I'm, you know, just, just turned 44. Well, now he waits a little longer. We're sitting there. Just so you know, your mics aren't always on. Like, we're off yeah. the air, obviously. And it's at this point that Tom Weiskopf says to me a line I think of often and have quoted often. Tom says, Scott, you don't want to walk the back nine alone. And I said, I got you, man. Wow. Uh-huh. And I said, I got you. I proposed later that year. It's been more than 10 years. Steph's my wife. You know the story, my kids. And it wasn't just what Tom Weiskopf said. He didn't change the direction of my life. But it's what he said and how he said it that resonated with me. And I thought, I hear you. And he had told me, like again, like we he's bare your soul over 14 hours. He talked about his life and mistakes and you know, things he'd wish he'd done better and done different. And, you know, he listen, this is a legendary dude in a lot of ways. I mean, you read about him. He didn't chase a good time, man. He he caught a good time. Okay, mm. He caught it and lived a big life and was an incredibly elegant dresser and had one of the swings that was the envy of tour players. Andy North said, listen, Walking up and down the range, pros don't watch other pros swing like they're pros. We watch Weisskopf swing and just shake our heads and go, look at that SOB. <laughs> but the life he lived, you know, was amazing. And I have never in my life seen Andy North laugh harder than when he gets to telling Weisskopf stories. And I've never heard a better storyteller than Weisskopf. Some of them, what do you tell on himself? And others were about other people. But he he would laugh and it was just incredible. He, he would just hold court. And somehow I got to, to become friends with this guy. And on Saturday, um, I missed a phone call and then got a text from Lori Weiskopf. And that's who he walked the back nine with. Mm. She's awesome. And she was awesome for him because he became the best version of Tom Weiskopf on the back nine. And I think a large part of that is because of her. And she shared something with me. Uh, I knew Tom and I, we, we just, you know, me, right, Steve. I mean, I, I, I try to be friendly to people, but I, I, you know, I don't always meet somebody that becomes a friend immediately. Weisskopf and I just hit it off. And she shared with me, Tom, Tom thought the world of you and he enjoyed every second he got to spend with you. And I just, I thought, wow. <laughs> Man, well, right back at you, because I, I was just like a kid eating ice cream, listening to the guy talk. And uh, I just want to say thanks to Tom for the line about the back nine. And uh, mm. we've talked a little bit about it lately on this podcast about being on the back nine. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone. And um, and I'll, I'll miss him. And I'm just really, really happy uh, that I got to become friends with Tom Weisskopf. What a, what a man that dude was. Whew legendary cat yeah it's one of those guys it's hard to find a bad word about him and, and what i keep going back to when i'm reading about him hearing you talk about him seeing uh there's a couple things on the golf channel i saw online you know people talking about him he's just like it doesn't feel like he, he's just the old timer honest dude 
You know, like he didn't hide anything. No, nope. he was going to tell you how he felt. Yeah, the honesty, man. Like it, just the stories. It's just like, yeah, he really did that. Yup, yes, yep. he did. And listen, he said that. Yes, he did. And he he grade he grades his own life with a sharp pencil. You know, he's not an excuse maker. Like I said, I mean, he was, you know, he took harsh inventory. Felt the stuff that he he felt like he could have done better that he shared with me. And uh, again, um. What a what a what a legend! What a storyteller! What a life! Uh, Lori, as the wife said, uh, he lived a big life. Yes, he did. It was it was massive, and I'm glad I had a tiny little line and uh, a page awesome. somewhere along the way. All right, you got something on your chest you want to get yeah. off? Go off the bat. I don't know how to transition off that. It's fine. Just, just take, we'll just, we'll take a left turn. All right, I'm just going to say this: we really need school to start. The house, <laughs> the house is just mayhem um one of the worst things in the world is hearing daycare before it starts when school starts is closed for the week before and i get it you guys got to get everything ready but boy is it a lot i mean we got all five in the house i'm trying to go up and down doing radio shows podcasts enough i mean i just hear pounding upstairs uh how's your trying to you 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 know we do the the optimism meter for the Mets Steve where's your patience meter (laughs) mine is really low today Uh, in the house I'm just like why is everyone yelling realizing of course who else is yelling daddy well why because there's just screaming about I don't even know what where's the bus they don't ride a bus, but just is there a bus they could get on? Well, send them anywhere. I need to see a bus. <laughs> just give me hope that it's coming. Anybody yeah. start school around or earlier? I mean, no. Well, we've started a thing, Scott, in our house where I don't wake up to screaming and yelling. I just wake up to a three-year-old wearing, let's just say, Nine different pair of mom's high heels and walking around upstairs on the hardwood floors. It's a beautiful sound. It wakes me up every morning. And it's incredible how loud a three-year-old can be. It's amazing. So I just wanted to say we need school to start. Let's go. Let's just let's wrap it up. I mean, the 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 popsicle intake is getting to a crazy limit and uh we need to get off of the popsicles and get back to school and let's get uh let's get on the potty and get this thing going. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. All right. All right. So with that said, we're off and running. Week zeros here in college football. You've done. You've honchoed some of the heavy lifting. You've got. You've got some B, BP fastballs just to chuck your your boys' way here to talk. Because I'll I'll fire them right yeah. back at you. But I know you've been 
I said, let me know what you where you want to go here because we could go in any direction. You've you've done some of the uh, some of the scouting, run the scout team for us. What do we got? Um, we've gotten pretty top heavy in college football, obviously. Yep. And last year, like I, I remember going on Rosillo's pod, and he was gonna he asked me, you know, what's going to be different this year? And last year, I saw a path for multiple teams that weren't. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, because I saw youth at the quarterback position with guys that really hadn't played at Ohio State and Alabama. And I thought that was the year to get them. You better get them now or else you're going to be you're going to be getting after it. And yes, uh, you know, two of the Georgia beats Bama. People can say what they want to SEC. I, I don't care. I just feel like this year. Those two teams are going the distance. Um, and I feel like it's weird. I talk to people around Georgia's program, and they're super confident. And then it's crazy how everybody's trying to nitpick the champs. You know, are they going to be as motivated, this and that? I want to know to you, do you feel the same? Do you feel strongly about what you saw from Stroud and Young that they're they're good enough to carry those teams, knowing they have astounding talent all over. Yeah, yeah. But do you feel the same? I do. I'm. I think about Ohio State last year when Oregon got them early. You uh, thought, oh, look at this. Well, what you realized about Ohio State was it was their defense that was mm-hmm. the issue. Now the offense, by like, remember Michigan State went in there. Michigan State was was good. I mean, they're <laughs> highly ranked, but that 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 defense was was iffy. He Stroud threw six touchdowns in the first half. I mean, yeah. it's video game stuff. But, like, look at what Utah hang on them in that insane Rose Bowl. It put a big number up. So, I think what I'm getting at is early on they look gettable. And then Stroud, remember, people were talking, like, because yours is there. And it's like, oh, maybe, like, who's – start to wondering if he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy. And now, obviously, you got new coordinators on the defensive side trying to button some stuff up. Day is not BSing. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. we're – we're gonna we're gonna tighten we're gonna tighten the belt here one more. It might be uncomfortable. I don't care because we're not gonna let stuff slip. So yeah, I I, and I don't think Michigan has to probably take it. I think they're gonna be on offense. Yeah, but don't don't they have to be worse on defense? I mean, you would think you lose, you know, coordinators. You lose two edge guys. This is really where where the the answer is yes, and what it's what they've proven. Is and this is what Georgia has to prove. Can you absorb the loss? The, the the not just the loss, not a drip, 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 but I'm talking the drain opening up on talent. Can you lose that many first round guys and just not miss a beat? Because I understand recruiting at an elite level. That's how Dabo's done it at Clemson. Mm-hmm. But then you just assume you could lose Lawrence and like, yeah, we'll be good. Are you? That's a lot to ask. And that's why this sustained excellence that you see in Tuscaloosa and Columbus and and Clemson, I'm not saying you haven't been great. You've been great. But like last year was a shock to the system when when it happened. So Bama and Ohio State at the highest level have shown they can lose starters to the NFL and sustain. So, yeah, I, I, you know, who's beating them? Mm. I mean... I don't know. Somebody might. Somebody might. Yeah. I mean, hell, AM beat him last year. You know, AM got him down in uh, College Station. He, you know, but he, come, Ohio State's got to come to the snake pit late. 
Piggy, Piggy had a wide open guy on a two point conversion. I, they they could have beat him. They could have beat Irvin. Oh. Lost by a point. How that happened, I'll never. Actually, I know they they just the offense got going. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's hard to see paths for them to lose. So they might, but the answer to the question is yeah. They feel like there's feels like there's this this year feels like there's a line underneath them, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, I do, and I, I'm I'm one of these. I'm putting Georgia on that line too. I think they do have enough to withstand it. I do. Uh, big name programs, all new coaches: Oklahoma, Miami, USC, Notre Dame. Uh-huh. Who interests Who interests you the most out of those? USC. USC. I mean, I can make a case for each one. Yep. OU. How many guys did you tell me new guys they got lined up? They 50? have Venable said they have 50 guys that are gonna that have never put on Oklahoma jersey before game one. That seems like a lot. So that sure that's interesting. And and you go from offensive minded guy to a defensive guy. Yep. Very interesting philosophical change. Miami's interesting because Miami fans, God, you all are an interesting bunch. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> You guys have been running around with swag that was this dated. The freshness date on your swag is old. You don't care. You've been talking. The U is back. You're kind of like East Coast Texas. Anytime uh-huh. something good happens, you try to say you're back. And it's I. And here's the thing: I always make try to make clear. I want you desperately to be back because the sport is so much more fun when you actually are as good as your arrogance suggests you are. <laughs> So I'm rooting for Cristobal to get it cooking. Um, I think that's interesting. And Notre Dame's in- Notre Dame's interesting just because I really like I really like their coach, and yeah. I'm rooting for him because he's hard not to like. But SC is the right answer for me simply because when SC's right, they're 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 one of one because of that whole snoop will Farrell, hollywood now they're not the pro game in town anymore you know there's mm-hmm. now there's two teams there they were back in the day literally <laughs> they weren't supposed to be but they were um but there's a there's a vibe you know the song girls and the coliseum and fight on and traveler and all the stuff that comes with it but lincoln went out there and inherited a bad team man okay bad we talked about it with Feldman last week. I watched him end of the year. Hell, I had him, plus the points against UCLA. I wasn't getting 30. That's what I needed, 30. Um, and you can go out and you can get a whole bunch of offensive talent, and you have an offensive-minded coach, but how much better are you on defense? Now, the thing that's interesting is how. what are the biggest obstacles in that league? Who's the biggest obstacle? Utah? I trust them more than I trust Oregon. I I think UCLA is going to be good. Okay, good for Chip. I mean, yeah. they, they look they put it on USC last year. But I, you know, it'd really be fun. I have uh, Big Ten Scotty rivals. It'd be so much fun if SC and and UCLA became a thing again, like a yeah. real life thing, yeah. a real cross town thing. Um, but okay, so you like UCLA? I just what I'm getting at is. For me, it's USC for for the reasons I just laid out. Each one's interesting because they're all massive brand names. Sark year two in Texas is interesting. How much patience is there down there on the 40 acres? Not a whole lot. Mm. They punted on Coach Herman pretty quick. Uh, yeah. So you, you need you need to be good down there. So 
Who's who's the answer for you? Who's who's who do you find the most interesting one? I think it's Oklahoma to me, uh, because I I love the idea of Dylan Gabriel getting back with his offense coordinator that he was at UCF, and I love the idea of Venables having his own deal. I mean, he's been doing it a long time. I agree with that. Interested I... to see, like he can't coach games like he. Like he called defenses, he's gonna get a flag. He's on the field. Yeah, his get back, his get back coach needed needed a six figure number down there at Clemson. <laughs> uh, I the overturn yeah. of of guys, but they, I I think like they got a their the transfer. I think it's uh it's a running back wide or quarterback, um, left tackle. All, all these guys are going to be transfers that start for him and. That's what's taken over. Does that worry you? I mean, because I, I just yeah, and that's, but that's it, why I just want to see how it plays out. I got you because in, in basketball, you see how the portal is. I mean, it's different there. You 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 five guys. You just you need one. Like look at Manic at Carolina last year. He was the perfect yep. person for North Carolina to get, and it didn't show itself initially. But by March, when it mattered, he was out there. He was a killer. Mm-hmm. He's a three point shooter, and he, he did it for Oklahoma. Interestingly enough, yeah. and he left and went to Carolina. That's all they needed was that very specific thing that he could do to help spread things out. And when they got everything going, they come probably a minute away from winning a title. But it, to have 50 new people, that's a lot. With a brand new coaching staff, yeah. that's a whole lot to, to just throw in the pot and have it, it turn into a coherent meal. Mm-hmm. For a guy who's doing it for the first time, yeah. And I just think about all the close games they they won last year. Um, all right, one last before we talk some NFL fantasy. Yeah. Um, most interesting or game you want to see the most week one? I I alluded to it with Feldman last week. It, it's it's because it's so interesting in terms of the matchup. Speaking, of, like I'm trying to think of the analogy. I'm not going to try this hard. It, you have an SEC school in the humidity in the swamp at night with a brand new coaching staff and apparently a, su- a support staff that numbers in the thousands. <laughs> and that you, they're, they're, the Napier era begins against a top 10 team from the Pac-12. I mean, it's just not a matchup you get very often. Knowing, by the way, don't doesn't Florida play Kentucky week two? Yes, they do. At home. So you got two chances early against a top 10 team from Utah that comes to your joint, and then an SEC East team who's, I think, predicted to do better than you. Yeah. And the direction, I mean, already people down there are bummed out because they worried about recruiting and, you know, the ex- all of it. Ugh. And I'm I'm married into a family of Gators, you know? <laughs> so I'm familiar with sort of what they, and, and they're all reasonable people. Um, but I, the SEC is just filled with fan bases that just, there's, there's, and what, I, sh- I say the SEC like it's only them. I think they're just at the highest level of, you just, we're not having it. And we need to be good. 
And mm-hmm. so you're playing a really good team. I'm going to have the yeah. gears for the limit in winners. <laughs> right? I, I'm going to have to. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, yes, may, I may fade myself because I don't want to go okay. against Utah because that's, boy, at the end of last year, they were a wagon. Mm-hmm. They gave it to Oregon twice and they were trading punches with Ohio State yep. uh, in that Rose Bowl game. But that that's just fascinating just because you just never get like no. those, those those things. They're just, they're just like totally opposite. I'm trying to think, it'd be like, a, I don't know what, it I'm not going to stop searching for an analogy because I can't think of two things that feel more different that just aren't ever on the field together to start the season than that. And so, because if you win, it changes the direction and the sense. Boy, you're fired up. You're ready to go. Now Kentucky comes in. You're ready to kick their ass and off you go. Or you lose. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, man, if we lose this, we're 0-2 and they're Napier. They're mad. Got to go. So that. All that's what makes that the most interesting game to me. Week week one, you you're zeroed in on what? It's a conference game. It's uh, Penn State and Purdue because I have no idea what to expect. But most importantly, I was reading a thing about Purdue, and I don't know what I I, I always find myself pulling for Purdue in the NCAA tournament in basketball. Uh, I, whenever they're good, I love, I, I, I think it comes down to, I love Painter and I love Brom as coaches. I, I think they hit home runs in those hires. And I know what people could say what they want about, uh, Painter not going to final four. I don't care. He's still, he's a really good coach. Agreed. That place is going to be bananas. I read a thing where they, they've never had this before. They had a 93% renewal rate for season tickets and I just think it's awesome because they're not good all the time. And they were good last year, but I don't know if they're going to be good this year. And Penn State comes in with, you know, the recruiting and Clifford. Are we going to see the freshman quarterback? You know, they're going to be in there in the all whites coming in. Like that's going to be a high, high energy atmosphere. And I don't know who's going to win. I really don't know who's going to win. Penn State, if I mean, if they play their best, they, 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 they're probably the best shot at Ohio State. But you've got a lot of young dudes coming in, and you got to go on the road to a team that is just – I think they found themselves last year. I know they lost two NFL guys in, in Bell and Carlaptis, but that that is going to be a great, great atmosphere, and I'm just dying because I don't know what's going to happen. I think James Franklin's just had about just enough of, of opening on the road in conference. Like they had to go to Madison last year to start the year. I mean, yep. who'd, who'd we, who'd we upset? What, what, mm. how do we keep drawing this card on a Thursday night in West Lafayette bang the big mm. drum? I mean, it's a, it's a tough, that's a tough ask. That's yeah. a lot to ask early uh, of, of a team. I, I, I agree. I think it's a very interesting matchup. If that were a Saturday matchup, it would be in winner's, for sure. I mean, okay. it's just, it's, it just fits, fits the bill. Doesn't it? Home underdog, yes. little, little underdog at home. Come Cheap. On. Cheap. Before we move on, a couple of things going on at ESPN that I wanted to share with you first 30 for 30 podcast presents the longest game in the spring of 1981, the Pawtucket Red Sox and the Rochester Red Wings met for a minor league game over the course of 33 innings. The two teams would make history. This episode features archival sound and 
accidental treasure trove of the game's play-by-play broadcast and interviews with those who experienced it firsthand. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, College Game Day, the podcast hosted by the great Reese Davis and Pete Thamel, will get you ready for week zero in college football. Look forward to expert analysis, guests, and insight when it comes to what you need to know this season with College Game Day every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Now All let's right. get to the important stuff. Yep. How many leagues? Uh, four. Four fantasy football leagues. Boy, is that stupid. What a stupid how, thing how many to did do. You win, how many did you win last year? Uh, I cashed and uh, I didn't win any, but I I mean, I mean, you could judging from judging from the <laughs> the drop off i mean you could argue didn't i win uh i didn't i didn't win the championship in any but i did make two finals so okay uh, did all right that that means money to me correct uh i got a question for you uh-huh. you're, you're in every kind of league yep yep well i mean i mean I, i'm not in any they're, they're all like the, most of them are just regular sort of PPR leagues. There's one that's a two quarterback league, which gets confusing because you're you're doing your mocks and you're trying to remember the philosophy that you're supposed to employ, things like that. Okay, uh, pretty much across the board, Josh Allen is the number one quarterback in all mocks and leagues and fantasy outlook, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Do you think he's in his own tier when you project the season? Yes. Really. I do. I do. That said, I think Herbert is, I mean, there's a line under Allen, but Herbert's not, Herbert's not miles beneath him because and it depends on how, like, does your league value throwing touchdowns more than rushing touchdowns? Is it a four-point touchdown passing league or six or whatever? I don't even know who I am. Honest to God, I don't. 2010 version of me that talked to Tom Weisskopf would be listening to this going, wait, what happened? What happened? Mm. What happened to that guy? What happened? Did I, did, did I get a fever in my brain get scrambled (laughs) in my brain? What happened? No, no, Scott, you just became fantasy football crazy. No, I I think Herbert's there. The, the, the really interesting one is Mahomes because with no Tyreek Hill and a little bit of a question about, all right, so who's, I mean, it's Kelsey and then who, who else? And then Rodgers loses Devontae Adams. You can get you can get Rodgers 
for like a ham sandwich and a bag of Cheez-Its in the 10th round, which is kind of crazy. Because mm-hmm. I have a, I have a feeling like you don't think he can throw a touchdown or two to Tunyon or whoever's out there? Of course he can. Yes. I mean, I, I don't Same get Same thing with Mahomes. No, the, 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 the Mahomes' stock hasn't fallen from a fantasy perspective nearly the way Rodgers has. It's wild to see. Now, my guess is these mocks are you, – you're – there's you're you're in a league with some guy that's going to just be sitting there going, I'm "Kidding? I'm not going to take Rodgers. I'm going to take Rodgers." Especially after last year, where you could have had Tom Brady for a song, and no one no one was taking him, and all he did was throw like 117 touchdowns. So, I mean, I I think I think the people that are I think this the this the Rodgers sale is make believe. I think people will buy him earlier. But give I me agree. Allen number one. Give me Allen number one. Would you rather have? Rodgers than Russell Wilson? No. Really? No, I think I think Wilson. I'm in. I think. I, th- I mean, w- w- Wilson's one of those he, he pulls rabbits out of hats. <laughs> Runs around. He just, does. But who's he the guy? Does. Who's, who's right. the guy? He's going to run around, avoid a sack, and then just chuck it sixty yards straight up in the air, and it's lock. It's all by himself. I mean, Russell Wilson will go earlier in drafts. Wow. He will. Do you think Jalen Hurts is going to go ahead and draft in drafts than Lamar? Lamar is an interesting one. I, I I don't know if people are afraid like that they're not going to get the contract thing done. Like they're going to get big trust. Whoop whoop. He's they'll they'll okay. get that figured out. He's they're right there in the same vicinity, it seems okay. like Hurts and um Hurts and and uh, Lamar, I feel like getting AJ Brown, like you finally have a true wide receiver one there. Like Devontae becomes a, a much, I think it's much more palatable to have him in his second year out there, just operating great route runner, right? Yeah, Goddard always open, obviously tight end. I don't know. Always. I just I'm interested to see that. Like, what's the Hurts progression from a passing standpoint? They really, they really didn't have to do it much, and. I had a buddy of mine that drafted him and sort of by default. And then he's just like, every week the guy gets 30 fantasy points. Um, more fantasy Kyler, questions? Yeah, I got more. Oh, riveting content. Kyler Murray, Kylie Murray or Burrow? September, October Murray or November, <laughs> December Murray? Wild. Every year he kind of hits this wall and. Mm. I mean, the thing you get with Murray, obviously, the rushing touchdowns, Burrow is not not nearly as much, but, you know, Burrow's got Higgins and Boyd and Jamar yeah. Chase, and they zip it around a lot. I don't know. You tell me. You're the, you're the guy with the, the the Cincinnati intel. How they feeling? They they love that nobody's talking about them. I'll tell you that. I bet they do. They, they love it, and that's crazy. That, um, no, that no one's talking but, about them? Yeah, but when, you, you know, you think about – the other situations in the division alone with the quarterbacks. Agreed. You know? But you know what's funny, though, Steve? You know what's funny? Everyone loves Buffalo, and I'm I'm not right there with them. Mm. And I think for obvious reasons. But Cincinnati, if I'm Cincinnati, is looking around going, wait, didn't we go to the place where you guys got beat and Mm -hmm. we won? Yeah. Correct. We we sure did. That's what we did. Last one. Yep. Better fantasy year, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? I would guess 
Cousins is one of those sneaky guys that in some league he won't just he's won't get picked if you're in like a ten team league. People forget that he's a oh yeah, there's Kirk Cousins. And then he'll end up with thirty something touchdowns. Car get getting Adams. Uh I mean th- that has to count for something. Although Vikings fans will say we got Jefferson. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Um Carr's one of those guy, one of those sort of sneaky guys, though. He'll have, but he'll have weeks where he'll throw for like one seventy and one touchdown. But then Minnesota just runs it all day. I, I to me, it's a coin flip. I guess Carr. I don't, I don't know who's rated higher. In my yeah. mocks, I don't, I don't ever get, I don't ever get that far into the mocks. I get despondent about what my fake team looks like. <laughs> my punt. I like, I like the idea, of Cousins, with a new coach. I, I do. Well, yeah, I mean, every, sling it everything. all over. Everything you read about him is that he's he's the real deal, genuine yeah. article. Um, I mean, look, I would think it would make Dalvin Cook more effective if you didn't know you were giving him the ball every play. <laughs> if, the, if if you just ran a little play action, like, oh, wait a minute, look at what do we got here? Now all of a sudden, we're worried more about where we get we got Thielen, we got Big Irv Smith out here, we got Jefferson. Mm. Now let's say just run a little toss sweep and Dalvin Cook gain a seven. <laughs> look at me, like free offensive coordinator. Run the slugger. Uh, is that it? Are we? Are, is that my last fantasy football question? Yeah. Where are we on the Orioles? Uh, they're not going to make it, but they're fun and they try hard. And it's just, I, I got, I, I've enjoyed, I, I enjoy watching them play. Okay. I mean, that's all you can ask for. It's, yes. They're going to have games in September that are, you know, matter. Like I said, it beats the hell out of 49 and 113. <laughs> By a lot. Um, got our first draft Thursday night of this week. Picking right. number one. Picking number one. And announced. I was on the clock. I said, I ever just told the people, the guy in the league, I said, I'm going to take an Allen. Just you tell number two they're on the clock. And yesterday, I'm like, might not take Allen. Oh. Could be Cup. Could be Taylor. Oh. Could be Taylor. I don't like my team when I when I take don't take uh, a position player. <laughs> Remember in the beginning when I said I didn't want to save the Weisskopf stuff to the end? It's because now I'm talking. No one cares about your fantasy team, and they care even less about how you mock for fantasy. But I think here's the thing: is that we're all kind of in the same boat, especially no in, especially in August 23rd. You've either you either just, just want more information, right? You've just, I, I want to know. I'd love, I'd Who's love to have running back for the Dolphins. No one knows. <laughs> I actually, I actually, this is a true story. Someone tell Raheem Mostert. I have his number. I can't bring myself to text him and be like, Hey, are you going to play? Cause what's more pitiful than that? <laughs> Bothering. An actual oh, NFL my. player. So you're trying to tell me you haven't reached out to people I have in the league. I haven't asked him. I, I kind of I'm imagine... not saying him. I'm saying other people. You know high-ranking people. I'm still a little pissed at Stafford for not letting me know last year that his intent was to throw the ball to Cooper Cup 700 times. Like, he could have given me a little vet belt, just so you know. 10. Draft him. Didn't do that. I. And this is a guy who, by the way, the, the first year... I was in a fantasy league. I texted Stafford to go, hey, I'm going to take you in the first round. Are you going to have a good He's like, yeah, why not? So I took him, and I t- and then I told the whole group, hey, by the way, I just texted with my quarterback. You guys are all doomed. Since then, I haven't bothered people. I don't bother. I'm a, I'm a middle-aged man. I'm not going to, but I would like to know if Raheem Mostert's going to play because I love him. 
He's he's such a weapon out there, but I can't bring myself to bothering him to be like, hey, you gonna play or what are we what are we doing? But who knows? Elijah Mitchell, like, is he gonna play for Syracuse? I don't know. I don't know him. I don't have his number. What's the receiver situation in New Orleans? Who knows? Michael Thomas didn't play last year. He's got a hamstring. People like Olave, great. Okay, but where am I supposed to draft Thomas? I don't know. Well, Landry. Traquan Smith. Landry, has he played down? No one plays. Who plays? No one plays. <laughs> it's here's the thing. If you do if you and when and and when these draft sites have the audacity to give you a grade, you don't know. You're just everyone's guessing. No one knows. No one knows who's playing. Chase Edmonds, he's going to get the Sony Michelle might be a be, become Sony Michelle, and then all of a sudden he's the bell cow. It could happen. Where's Matt Breida? He's still in Buffalo. I don't know. I'm so confused. Oh God! All right. Um, uh, <laughs> football's almost back. Any intel? Please send it. Yeah. To Somebody tell Raheem Mostert to get it. His boy. And all your sleepers. Send him to Scott. I don't want to know. <laughs> we all get the same emails. We all do, right? Yeah, Pickens from from Pittsburgh. Got it. They've all seen him. They've all seen him. It's not a sleeper when everyone's wide awake. Raheem. Robinson, Commanders. Like it. Might be the starter. <laughs> Shout to Doc Walker. Ball in the preseason games for Washington. The other team gets a first and first and ten and gain of two. Can't have it. Too many yards. You gotta wanna compete. And then and then the, Albert's like, eh, it's second and eight for the Panthers. <laughs> Doc likes Robinson. If Doc's like if Doc likes Robinson, I like Robinson. But someone right. tell Raheem Mostert, just just I just need to know what what do we got? Are you gonna what's the pecking order? I got drafts. I'm ill prepared. Uh, we got a show in a couple hours. I haven't written anything. Yeah. Probably, we should probably say goodbye. Thanks for listening to SV Pod. When the hell school start? Where's the bus? Oh. <laughs> Someone send the bus to Steve's neighborhood Please. immediately. <laughs> okay, oh. okay.